The Holy Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well? And with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want, or why are you speaking with her? And then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. 
She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one else has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The differences between last week's gospel and today's gospel are literally night and day. We are in John's gospel again, but this time Jesus is the one who is on the move. In Jerusalem, the Pharisee named Nicodemus had found Jesus at night to ask the questions he had. Now Jesus has gone to Samaria, and he is at the public well in the middle of the day when he encounters a woman there. And it's Jesus who speaks first, asking the unnamed woman to give him a drink. As it unfolds, this story embodies the verse that ended last week's gospel. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Although the evangelist said that Jesus had to go to Samaria, it wasn't actually on the route from Jerusalem to Galilee. So the route wasn't born out of geographical necessity. Jesus went to Samaria because God was up to something. John makes sure we know how unusual this scene with Jesus and the Samaritan woman is when he writes, 
Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Their animosity was grounded in 600 years of feuding. While the Jewish people were descended from the people who had returned to Jerusalem after the exile, Samaritans were descended from colonial powers who conquered the region and the Israelites who had stayed. This was a centuries-old, irreconcilable division, even more serious than which barbecue or basketball team is best. And then there's this woman. We don't know her name, and while you may have heard sermons preached about her immorality, it is just as likely that she had been abandoned for being barren, or she had been widowed, or both. Importantly, as it is with so many people we meet, we don't know the rest of her story. It is hidden from us. Meeting Jesus for the first time, both Nicodemus and the woman realize that Jesus isn't speaking to them the way other people do. And what he says to them doesn't fit with the teachings and the assumptions that they've held for their whole lifetimes. It is a time of disorientation and reorientation. And just as Nicodemus asked Jesus, how can these things be? When Jesus spoke of being born of water and the spirit, when Jesus tells the woman about living water, she asks him, where do you get that living water? We don't hear more from Nicodemus until much later in John's Gospel. But when the woman at the well hears Jesus declare that he is the Messiah, she immediately goes and tells her neighbors, come and see the one who knows everything I have ever done. The woman's testimony sparks my curiosity. I wonder if she realized how deeply she longed to be known. I think of how easy it is for us to go through the motions of our day-to-day -day responsibilities without thinking too deeply about what we need. It is a mark of privilege to be sure that we don't have to think about whether we will have food or water or a roof over our heads and shoes on our feet. As I heard the Samaritan woman's story again, I remembered another story of living water. This one comes from Malawi in southeastern Africa. In the late 1990s, the people in Malawi experienced drought, and their crops failed, and there was famine. And an earnest young teenager who could not afford his school fees spent his free time reading in the library, looking for ways to help his family and community. The story of the boy who harnessed the wind tells how this young man built a windmill from scrap metal and bicycle parts 
to create electricity that could pump water and irrigate the land, generating living and life-giving water. Today, a woman in an African country may spend 660 hours a year collecting water, and every day, tens of thousands of people die from diseases caused by contaminated water. ELCA World Hunger supports water projects across the world, and these projects provide clean, safe, drinking water, water for growing crops, and for sanitation. And instead of spending those hours gathering water from far away or compromised sources, the women can work, they can earn money for their families, and the children can go to school, and they can secure better opportunities for their future. As we continue our month-long appeal to raise $5,000 for ELCA World Hunger, we can know that our gifts provide living water for our neighbors around the world. But I wonder, as I reflect on the stories of the Samaritan woman and of that young man in Malawi, what does living water look like? For you. Sometimes it is the cascade of a spring rain that rinses away all the pollen and grime and gunk and makes grass sparkle. Other times it is the refreshment of icy spring water in a glass. And still other times, it is the flowing river of grace that washes over each one of us. The waters of baptism poured on our heads that give us new life and the endless well of mercy where God meets us and knows us. And like Nicodemus and the woman, I bet there's sometimes we don't even know that we need that living water. We can't know what we don't know. And yet God shows up where we are with what we need, drawing us again into conversation and relationship and into communion with God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, Thank you for showing up where we need your life-giving presence. Thank you for sustaining us with grace and mercy, with living water that restores us to relationship with you. Help us invite others to come and see, to be witnesses to how you so love the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.